Hey guys, it's Emma. Welcome back to the Limitless Pregnancy. We have another good episode lined up for you guys today. And Kimberly and I will be talking all about where and with whom to deliver. So this week we're going to be diving into the different options, talking about traditional options like delivering at a hospital, other options like delivering at a birthing center or having a home birth, and all of the different options in between. So hopefully this is a really informative one for you. And next week we're going to be doing a part two of this following up on all of the different types of people like OBGYNs and doulas and midwives who would be supporting you during that delivery. So sit back and enjoy. We're back. Ready to roll. We have so much to talk about in this episode. We do. Like always. (laughs) We always do. Exactly. Like every single time we get on here. I have to say I'm really excited that this is the first week, I guess besides for last week's episode, where I can talk personally about my experience and be open about the fact that I am pregnant and going through all of this stuff because it's been hard for all of these episodes that we've talked about where I've had an opinion to weigh in on, but I haven't been able to actually voice it because I wasn't open yet about the fact that I was pregnant. So it will be cool this week as we're talking about where to deliver and that choice of delivering at a hospital or a birthing center or having a home birth and all of those things and actually being able to voice my opinion based on my experience so far. Yes, I'm so excited too to be able to like have you be a more active part of the conversation as well. (laughs) And also selfishly, I'm excited that I don't have to keep your secret anymore. It was hard, wasn't it? (laughs) It, Well, it was, it was, it was less about, I guess, keeping the secret and more about the fact that like when we would get into a natural conversation, there were times where I just naturally wanted to be like, oh, and Emma, what about you? What did you do for X, Y, and Z? And then I would catch myself and be like, no, no, we can't do that yet. So... (sighs) Yeah. Well, here we are now. That's the good news. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just dive in, focusing on breaking down hospital birth, birthing center birth, home birth. And I feel like this in itself could be a million episodes, but just sticking to like the basic topics that are going to help people decide where they want to deliver if they're unsure. Or maybe they've already decided and like in my situation, like I already had a decision made, I already had a plan. And then, you know, seven months in was like, oh, cool. We're changing the plan. Great, great, great. So, um, Right. Which probably a lot of other people can relate to because of what's happening now with coronavirus and having to change plans based on changes at hospitals or potentially were another plan that they had. So yeah. I would imagine that right now there's a higher amount of people that are changing their birthing or their original birth plans than there would normally be once someone makes a decision. I kind of feel like once you make a decision, you would normally stick with something like that for your pregnancy and then follow through with the plan. But because of the craziness that's happening right now, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to your experience with having to change. Yeah. And, you know, that happens also even I mean, obviously, it's happening a lot more right now, but it happens even outside of these strange times where like um I have a friend that was I guess she was a little earlier than me I think she was five months in and she just got a weird feeling like she was she had been seeing the same gynecologist forever and ever and ever and so she was like naturally I'm just gonna keep my care in the same place and then like five months in she just got a weird feeling and she was like I don't feel comfortable with this doctor anymore I don't know what it is I can't put my finger on it but like I don't want to deliver with this doctor and so then she had to go through the whole process 
at five months after being with the same gynecologist for like decades. Wow. <laughs> to, to, yeah, to like figure out. And I'm sure it was probably hard for her because she couldn't put her finger on it. She couldn't figure out like exactly what the thing was that didn't make her feel comfortable. But she knew that she didn't want to be uncomfortable in a birthing situation. So she was like, I guess we're changing our plans. So, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why people decide to change halfway through or whenever yeah. it is. That is true. Okay. So, and I, <laughs> I have so many thoughts because also it'll be interesting. I'm excited for the episode after you and I both deliver where we talk about our different experiences from hopefully birthing center, fingers crossed versus hospital birth. And like, we can really talk about, we can like from a personal perspective, compare and contrast the two. Mm-hmm. That'll be awesome. That will be cool. Okay. All right. So let's start, I guess, by breaking down the three options that we'll be talking about today, which is hospital, which is an institutional, either private or public place where more than just giving birth is happening. There's obviously a lot of things happening at hospitals, although many hospitals do have wings specifically for um, giving birth. So you could be like in a separate section, but a hospital... Typically, you would have a doctor, an OBGYN, who would be delivering your baby, and there would be policies and some rules and, you know, I guess structure that would be, like, more standardized than if you decided to – and this is just speaking in general terms and at least from my understanding, so feel free to jump in if you feel like I'm misspeaking – but – Versus a birthing center where it is a place that's dedicated to people going and giving birth and potentially would have more flexibility, maybe less resources in terms of if you are high risk or if something goes wrong, they might not have the same level of equipment or doctors on staff that a hospital would have. And typically an OBGYN would not be delivering at a birthing center, right? It would be a midwife? Correct. Right. Versus yeah, the other option, which are, is a home birth. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Right. No, I was going to say, but there are plenty of um, hospitals, hospital birthing centers that do have a midwifery team as well. So, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that depends on what state you're living in. Um, it's a lot more typical West Coast. Um, it's a lot more typical Northeast. It's a lot more typical in like Colorado, Utah, sort of like that little pocket of I don't know do we call that the Midwest what is that area <laughs> um to have to have the option to have a hospital birth with either a doctor or a midwife um depending on the hospital that you're at it's a little less common in the south and in the southeast mm-hmm. I really got to work on my regions of the country anyway <laughs> um, you're explaining them right that's right you okay, have it great. down <laughs> okay I think um, that region then, yeah. that you're referring to is like north midwest <laughs> right central like do we call it central it's still fairly west central north midwest <laughs> clearly i need a geography lesson <laughs> i i do think though what you're saying has merit i when when we were exploring i guess about a month ago no at the beginning of my pregnancy when i was figuring out what ob i was going to use because my obgyn that i was seeing in miami pre-pregnancy is no longer delivering so i was and i had insurance complications because we switched to a new insurance and they had pretty limited coverage here so i was looking for a new ob and i was actually telling 
someone here that I might consider a birthing center and using a midwife. And they actually said, what is a birthing center? And they have kids. So it's definitely not totally common at all here. I know that it exists in a lot of places, especially um, I know in New York, I know people who have given birth at birthing centers, but it's definitely not the obvious option at all here. And by here, I mean like on the East Coast. Yeah, and it's not the standard option. If you look at statistics nationwide, it's not the standard option either. I think that um, birthing center births now, oh, I don't want to give the wrong statistic, but I think birthing center births now accommodate for like 7% of births in the U.S., So, and which is far higher than it was um, even like 10 years ago. So it's it's still a very, very small part of the picture overall, but it's it's worth it to talk about what they do, why they exist, the difference between birthing centers and hospitals, because I think that it's just like it's sort of American standard to like go into labor and then go to the hospital. And mm-hmm. exactly. there are and there are many different options. So um, before we dive in too much, I do want to say that if anyone is listening to this episode because they are uncertain of where they want to deliver or what they want to do, it's really important to just like everything else <laughs> that we always talk about. Make sure that you're basing it on your own personal needs and make sure that you're doing your due diligence and you're asking questions and you are getting outside perspectives, but you're still prioritizing your own needs when making the decision and not, you know, your mom's needs or your partner's needs or, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there, there are going to be a lot of people that have good insight and then there are going to be a lot of people that maybe necessarily are a little more, uh, a little more, I guess, judgmental. And <laughs> so you mm-hmm. want to... Get outside information and take things with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, it is your labor, it is your birth, and you should be making the decision that makes the most sense for you based on you, your desired outcome, um, which for some people means being in a hospital and for other people means definitely not being in a hospital. So, you know, it's all so individual and there's no um, exact, there's no, just like everything else, there's no one right <laughs> way or one wrong way to do it with a few exceptions, which are things like high risk. And we'll talk about those when we get there. But as you're doing your research and you're interviewing and you're asking questions and you're gathering intel, just make sure that you're still at the end of the day, prioritizing exactly what you need and what you envision for your birth to be. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thanks. And if giving birth at home in a tub is what you envision, go for it. (laughs) Yes. I love a home birth. I I actually wish I could be one of those people who was comfortable with that because I think there's something really amazing and beautiful about the idea of being in the comfort of your home, being able to set the mood however you want. I I think you can do that probably a lot more at a birthing center than versus a hospital, obviously, but still there's something about being in the comfort of your own home, not having to travel anywhere. People are coming to you to help you with the delivery You don't have to travel after. You can sleep in your bed that night if you're getting any sleep. And I just think that sounds really like a beautiful thing. I personally just think for me, from an maybe from an anxiety perspective, I I would think too much about what if something goes wrong, how close is the nearest hospital. And so for me, it's not right, but I do think it's a really cool thing. And I wish it was something that was right for me. Yeah, and I love that you are even acknowledging already that you recognize that anxiety is is a big part of why you're not going to do that because, you know, on the one hand, yes, a home birth is like 
theoretically so relaxing and so wonderful and like we're the only mammals that get up and relocate in order to deliver a baby (laughs) no one else does that right so like just the idea of being able to go through the entire birthing process in a situation or in an environment where you're comfortable and you feel relaxed and you have everything you need because you're in your own home you know the the idea behind that is amazing but also if you have anxiety about how your birth is going to go about how you know if you have anxiety about being too far from the hospital or whatever the anxiety may be that anxiety can actually get in the way of you having uh a I don't want to say easy because no birth is easy, but like in the way of you having a less complicated birth because emotions play such a huge role in childbirth. So being able to recognize that you are having those feelings and you know you would feel more comfortable in a hospital is super, super important to making that decision. Yep, definitely. So and and that's also why I have a tendency to steer away from hospitals because hospitals give me anxiety. But I also know <laughs> that they're a necessary um, I don't want to say a necessary evil, a necessary part of the of the industry to where like I I fully recognize that if I get into a situation where we are no longer safe in the labor process in a birthing center, I want to be in that hospital because I want to be in the environment where the baby is going to be taken care of. So, mm-hmm. and some of the things that you also have to think about when deciding to give birth at a hospital is that. There are probably pretty strict policies that you have to abide by. I mean, hospitals are institutions, whether they're private or public. They are going to have really strict policies, really strong operating procedures. And so, for example, if you have a fairly uncomplicated birth, most likely within 48 hours, you're going to be kind of kicked out of your room and they're turning it over for the next person. Yeah. Or they, you might have to share a room depending on what you can afford or what kind of insurance you have. There, I, There's just so much that comes with being at a hospital because it's so institutional that uh, I think those are just things that you really have to think about. Um, I think we can probably run through the pros and cons of each scenario. Maybe that would be helpful to structure it that way. Yeah, sure. Well, and the thing you have to remember with hospitals, too, is that not all hospitals are created equal. Not all birthing centers in hospitals are created equal. So that's where, like, touring the hospitals and interviewing people really comes into play because some hospitals will have different protocol than other hospitals. Some hospitals are going to say, you know, if this is your if this is your um, first labor and you check x y and z boxes then we're going to decide for you how your labor is going to go or we're going to decide for you what that um immediate pre uh post delivery infant care is going to look like and and other hospitals are going to be a little more baby friendly and they're going to say well we'll figure it out and yes skin to skin is important and we want you to latch before we take the baby away and we're not going to bathe it right away and so even within the hospital structure there are a lot of different things to take into consideration just based on that individual institution so it's also not as simple as like deciding that you want to be in a hospital because you feel safer there but all hospital protocol is the same no matter where you go you know it's like there's there's a lot there's just a lot to that is so true and one of the things that has been frustrating for me with this whole coronavirus experience being pregnant is that I can't tour hospitals right now. So when we were deciding on what OBGYN to work with early on, it wasn't even a decision based on what hospital, because each OBGYN delivers at one specific hospital. They're affiliated with it, at least here. That's how it works. And so 
I couldn't even factor that the hospital into my decision for which doctor I was going to work with because I mean, based on friends' experience and, you know, reputation and things that I've heard, I could make a decision, but I couldn't, I haven't been able to go and tour. And now we are working with an OB who I really like, but I don't know that many people actually who have delivered at the hospital where she delivers. Everyone who who hears the hospital where I'm delivering, it's right on the water. It's in Miami. It's right on the water. And so everyone says, wow, what other hospital could you have a private room with a water view in? That sounds amazing. But (laughs) Just because the view's good doesn't mean that, you know, it's top-notch care, which I think it is, and I'm not worried about it. But I I, I don't know what it looks like. when I, I assume when in November when the baby's coming, that's going to be the first time that I'm ever going to step foot inside of that hospital. So that's kind of so a weird wild. thing. to Yeah, because in, in normal times, we probably would be touring hospitals and seeing what the options are and getting familiar with what their protocols are and what things look like and just knowing going into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's, and it's hard, it's harder to interview your OB about hospital policy. They don't have time for that really. I mean, you can, and, and you should at least try, but also it's hard to like go into your, you know, 45 minute appointment or your one hour appointment and go over all the things that you need to go over for you. And then also like have your list of questions ready about the hospital and, and, um, some things you can ask your OB, like what are, what am I allowed to do while I'm laboring? Am I allowed to get up and walk around? Am I allowed to labor? Are there tubs for me to labor in, not deliver in, but to labor in? Are there props? Like, do you have a birthing ball? Do you have a peanut? Do you have do you do you have labor hammocks? Like, are there different tools? Is there a birthing stool? Are there different tools that I can use in while I'm laboring to help? move that baby along or am I expected Mm -hmm. to be in a bed the entire time you know and that's Mm -hmm. different hospital to hospital too every hospital is going to have different tools to help you through into active labor into the pushing phase Um, some hospitals are going to have more tools than others some do have tubs some don't have tubs I know that no hospitals allow you to birth in the tubs but they'll allow you to labor in the tubs oh interesting I didn't even know that yeah, I think it's probably also, it might not be as common in Miami, but I can't speak to that, actually, so I shouldn't make assumptions. I would assume it's not, I think it's fair to assume that, actually, there's a super high um, rate of people choosing to have C-sections in Miami. Okay. Yeah, so... and elective C-sections are another thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. if you, if that's the kind of birth that you envision as an elected C-section, is scheduling your C-section on one day and, like, knowing that that's going to be the day that you get to bring your baby home, if that's the kind of birth that you envision, then obviously <laughs> you're going to be in a hospital. And you're going to choose a hospital and an OB that, that support that. That's a really good point. I always forget... I don't forget, but it's never at the top of my list, the elected C-sections. But mm-hmm. I know it's definitely bigger in some parts of the country than in others. Mm-hmm. I think it's really big in Latin America, which makes sense why it's big in Miami. Yeah. Which, I mean, from a from a type A planning perspective, doesn't it sound mm-hmm. amazing to be like, I will have my baby kind of, yeah. <laughs> on this day, and then I will bring my baby home on this day. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I mean, and also the going back to the anxiety piece of everything that comes around giving birth there is a chance that you're going to have an an unplanned C-section based on how long you're laboring for. And so that fear factor potentially for some people, it might be easier to just say, you know what, if there's any chance that I'm going to have a C-section, I don't really want to have to go through the whole experience and the potential pain leading up to that decision then being made. So I'm just going to make the decision for myself. Yeah. 
which for some people is really empowering. And I think that that's mm-hmm. the, the most important part of birth that people have a tendency to forget is like, this should be an empowering experience regardless. You know, everyone is going to have opinions. Everyone's, there's always going to be someone who has an opinion about the elected C-section. There's always going to be someone who has an opinion about someone who wants to birth naturally, but like that, those opinions don't matter because they're not you. And as long as you feel empowered in your birth experience, that's what's the most important because having regret about your birth experience is, it sucks. It is like, I cannot explain what that feels like. And it's something that never goes away. Mm. Is that something that you've experienced as a doula with some of your clients? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it is such a broad range of what those triggers can be. Like I have one client that regretted the fact that she um, had her mother in the room. I have a client who regretted the fact that her partner was in the room. Um, (laughs) And so there there are some of those regrets that are a little more emotional. And then I do have clients who... um, I have a friend actually that had a C-section four weeks ago and she's like, I I hands down regret having a C-section because the recovery is awful and I should have thought to have a natural birth, but she didn't know. She thought, she thought she wanted the C-section. She thought she didn't want to go through the pain and the struggle and the everything else. And she thought that that's what was going to be the best kind of birth experience for her. And now she's like, I will never do it again. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> that's the other thing too, is that like, especially if you've never gone through it before, there are some things that you're just not going to know until you're in the moment. Mm. Or so with Harper, did you, did you give birth at a birthing center or you were in a hospital with Harper? I was at a birthing center. I did not birth in the tub. They were actually in the process of refilling the tub and... <laughs> It was like, well, now's the time. So I had her on a birthing stool, which especially for first time deliveries and for women who are more petite like myself, birthing stool is amazing to get your hips open and like just expand your pelvis and get that baby out. Mm. But it can also do really interesting things to your pelvic everything as far as recovery is concerned. It makes your recovery very, very different. So, um. But yes, I had her at a water birthing center in Portland. And the reason that we chose the one that we chose is because it was literally at the bottom of the hill where at the top of the hill was OHSU. So I knew if anything went wrong, it was like a three minute ambulance ride and we were at one of the best hospitals in the state of Oregon. So Right. And as someone who's high risk, that must have been very important for you to have that proximity. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even know how high risk I was actually when Harper was born. I had been told various things about my endometriosis, but no one knew the extent actually of how severe it was until actually until right after she was born. And then everything kind of unraveled from there. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, but with this baby, you will still be delivering at a birthing center. So even I, I think yeah. I feel like there's usually this idea that if you're high risk, you automatically need to give birth at a hospital. And I guess you're you're living proof that that's not necessarily the case if it's something that medically makes sense. Yeah. And that's something, too, that that really is a case by case basis, because on paper, I'm very high risk. I have. um obviously uh, a long history with endometriosis and multiple surgeries and that has an impact on the way that my entire pregnancy has been and has an impact with how well the egg can attach itself to the lining of the uterus and how the placenta can attach itself and it puts me at higher risk for 
the placenta to, to detach and a number of other things. But um, so the, there's that to take into consideration. I'm also at an advanced maternal age, as they call it. They no longer call it geriatric pregnancy, mm-hmm. but I don't know if advanced maternal age is any nicer. Which um, is now, which, is it 34 and above or 35 and above? It's 35 and above. 35 and above. So Geriatric. So, and that just makes, I mean, how can you be 35 and be geriatric, <laughs> geriatric anything? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, but it's also very outdated. It's very, very outdated. And also, depending on where you are, like in New York, women are having babies in their 50s and it's standard. So right. like, you know, what does it actually mean? But that, even that alone on paper makes me high risk, just being of an advanced maternal age. So Right. So obviously my my reasons for being high risk. Oh, and then also all of the renal system issues that I've had since having dengue fever. So all of my reasons for being high risk are not necessarily the kind of high risk that should automatically put me in a hospital. However, when I first got pregnant, I had decided that for myself. I was like, oh, I'm high risk. We're just delivering in a hospital because, you know, that was what I thought based on all of the labels, all of the terms made the most sense. But if you're the kind of high risk that's like, you know, you're at risk for placental abruption that I mean those those are there are definitely scenarios in which your high risk definitely should put you in the hospital some states don't allow you to attempt to deliver to deliver in a birthing center if the baby is breech so that automatically would put you in a hospital um gestational diabetes automatically puts you in the hospital so there are definitely things that uh you don't have flexibility with, and then there are things that you do have flexibility with. And that depends mm. also on state by state, because I know in the state of Oregon, you can deliver breach at a birthing center or at a home birth, um, whereas in the state of Washington, you cannot. And it and it's, it's Interesting. really... Yeah, so that's another thing to consider as well, depending on what state you live in, what your state regulations are. And then if you're deciding to deliver in a hospital, you know, there are so many hospital regulations that are different depending on where you are and if you're at one of the bigger birthing hospitals that is just like high turnover get them in get them out if you're at a hospital that's birthing 500 plus babies a month they're going to have very different set of standards and regulations than a smaller hospital that's birthing Mm -hmm. like maybe only in the double digits so that's something also to consider when you're interviewing when you're asking around is is how many babies are they seeing how many babies are they birthing a month and what are their policies as a result Mm -hmm. because if you are in a hospital where they're just like turning them out you're gonna have less face time with whoever's delivering your baby you're probably you may or may not be sharing a room you're definitely gonna get turned over quicker um they may or may not have more baby friendly regulations and what I mean by baby friendly is like making sure that you get skin to skin time immediately following delivery making sure that you get the opportunity to get the baby to latch before they take the baby away to do testing making sure that they're not cleaning the baby right away making sure that you're getting that that super important bonding time immediately following that baby coming out um some hospitals just don't allow that because that's not, you know, in their standard timing. Um, some and would hospitals... having a doula in the room with you be an advocate for all of those things that you might need in a hospital or might want as part of your birth plan in a hospital? Absolutely. Yes, and some hospitals, you know, the... 
I don't, uh, <laughs> it's, it's tricky because I don't want to encourage people to like be that rogue patient, but at the same time, having a doula is going to help you advocate for a lot of that far more, um, because you're busy trying to get a baby out. So, and your partner, you know, if you've got your partner there with you, they're focused on you. 99% of the time they have eyes on you. They're concerned about you. They're concerned about the pain that you're in. They're not in a clear headspace to be making decisions or to be fighting for your wants and your needs against hospital regulation. They're worried about you being able to get the baby out and they're worried about what you're feeling in the moment. So having a doula to be able to advocate for you, especially in a hospital setting is huge. Even if Mm -hmm. it's just like advocating for you even just for something as simple as like encouraging you or having a conversation with the staff to let you get out of bed and be active in your labor to be walking around while you're laboring to be moving to be changing positions to be doing something other than just laying in a bed which is very Mm -hmm. counterintuitive to getting a baby out of your pelvis yeah so so I I wish I could have the whole doula experience right now I think doula a doula having a doula is something that has always been so appealing to me and obviously with COVID and everything it's not it's not it's not the same experience right now. Of course, I could be working with one, but we don't even know at this point if they would be able to be in the room with me, which yep. is probably the biggest part of it, the biggest appeal for me. But I think that there's something so incredibly appealing about having, of course, your doctor is an advocate for you, but they're focused on delivering the baby, as are most of the staff, I would assume, that's in the room. And so having a doula who's someone on your team who's giving you personalized care and attention that has been working with you leading up to the delivery as well and knows what you want and what your expectations are and having that trusted source. And like you said, because your partner is completely focused really on you and you're just focused on pushing the baby out. I think that sounds like such an invaluable resource to be able to have there. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, doulas can play a number of different roles depending on the environment that you are birthing in but we can we'll talk about that next episode when we talk about doulas but you also have to remember that yes yes your doctor should be advocating for you but they are also beholden to hospital rules and regulations a doula is not a doula is only beholden to helping your ideal birth come to fruition so they are there 100 percent for you your doctor is there for you your ob your midwife whoever but there are also you know you've got the man behind the curtain who is handing down all of these rules and regulations that those doctors or those midwives have to abide by. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that while they should be advocating for you, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it does. You know, it's just, it's like one of those, it's a risk you have to take. And then I guess depending, let's say we're still in in the hospital scenario, if you have the opportunity within the hospital environment to choose between an OB or a midwife, that's something to take into consideration as well. There are also some, like actually the, the care that I was receiving at the hospital here before I transferred, I was, my prenatal care was with a midwife, but she did not deliver. So I would have seen her up to nine months and then I still would have gone into the hospital and had, and the baby still would have been delivered by an OB. Interesting. And then an OB that you didn't have experience with throughout your pregnancy. Exactly. Hmm. That's an interesting setup. Yeah. So there's there's so many different ways within the hospital setting that you you can go about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it really is a matter of of finding out 
what those hospital policies are and then really thinking about what's the most important to you and then also thinking about what's realistic you know I I have a friend who was hell-bent on having a home birth and her baby was breech and she fired multiple midwives because she just wanted to find the one midwife that would tell her that it was okay to have a home birth with a breech baby and you know like she was so set in having this birth that she had visioned or that she had envisioned that it actually got in the way of her end result because she then was so upset when she ended up having to go in for a c-section but it was because she couldn't let go she was had such a stronghold on what she thought that birth was supposed to be like so then the, there is the other side of it as well that's like making sure that you're being realistic with your expectations and also understanding that if you may envision your birth being a certain way but you also have to take into consideration all of the outside circumstances that are contributing to what the final result is going to be and be realistic with yourself about it too. Mm-hmm. And then one other thing that I think really plays a factor in all of this, depending on your financial situation is what what's covered by insurance. I think that, I mean, every plan's different, obviously. I know for my plan specifically that, um, most most things for hospital delivery is covered by my insurance and there's a few limited providers actually within like 30 miles of here where we could have the same benefits at a birthing center but i'm sure not all insurances have more i guess liberal you could say policies or options so i think that's also something to be thinking about is that realistically there might be some financial constraints when making that decision and then of course Having a doula or anyone who is an added sort of cherry on the top is all additional out-of-pocket expenses for the most part. So they're luxuries to be able to have and make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I mean, that's been a fight in the doula industry for decades now is trying to get covered by insurance. Yep. And I know that there are loopholes that are easier to navigate in some states than others. And I know there are some states where there are no loopholes, <laughs> but... Um, and I know that, that especially, you know, for the most part, a birth doula's priority is making sure that the birthing parent is taken care of a hundred percent of the time. So then you're working with people who maybe work on sliding scales or work, um, you know, have like a cash discount or they get a little more flexible, I guess, because it is the cherry on top, but also it shouldn't be, it should be considered a very important part of childbirth um but you know it's just like now anything else navigating the health insurance industry is a nightmare and <laughs> trying to <laughs> that's like a whole other conversation about advocating for yourself Ugh, it's just, i don't like, even exhausting know and... <laughs> if i want to have a conversation about insurance no <laughs> i'm sick no, of it <laughs> i definitely don't i definitely don't it's it is exhausting and then also like you know having to having to deal with and that happens to a lot of people having to deal with the insurance companies after the fact if you're in a hospital setting having to fight for things that should be considered basic coverage um and i'm sure that that's something that the majority of people have dealt with in one way or another when i had my appendectomy at new york presbyterian my insurance decided they didn't want to cover the anesthesiologist but like how do you perform a surgery (laughs) Without anesthesia, yeah. I had to fight it for like 18 months before it was finally taken care of. It was crazy. And they were like, "Uh, well, we can't can't justify that this was necessary for the surgery. 
And I was like, so you thought that my appendix was going to be taken out without me being under anesthesia? Like, what were our <laughs> options? Um, so, you know, there is that at play as well. It's like knowing how, knowing what your insurance covers and then as much as you can having, I hate to say it, but like having the forethought to be like, okay, what, where are the areas where something may or may not be covered? And just making sure that you ask all of the questions, even if they seem stupid, even if they seem like total no brainers, just making sure that your ass is covered as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So yep. you don't have to deal with fighting the insurance company when you're at home with a newborn and also like dealing with fighting to get the perfect latch and dealing with just getting a <laughs> night of sleep, you know, like that's not, it's not fun to add that to the plate. All in all. I mean, do we feel like we covered what we needed to cover in terms of the options for where to deliver? Um. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk much about home birth. Well, we did a little yeah. bit. Um. I mean, really, it's it's, home birth is really just such a I mean, it's all such a personal choice. Right. At the end of the day, whatever you decide to do is going to be highly personal and based on you and your partner's preference and what your needs are. And it really does. Go ahead. I was just going to say and a home birth is just to me the most personalized, comforting, but probably most different option I don't think different is the right word and I don't think I don't want to say extreme because I don't think extreme is the right word but it's definitely the option that is probably I would assume I don't know the stats but I would assume is least common but at the same time has a ton of pros and if it's something that calls to you is kind of an amazing thing to be able to have as an option oh I agree hands down I would love to do a home birth if we weren't still living in this tiny apartment that we thought we were only going to be in for one year, um, I definitely (laughs) would be exploring that option with this birth. Um, But it's just not, there's just not, like there's not room. There's just not room to have a baby in this apartment. Because it is so important to be able to get up and move around and labor where you're comfortable and change positions. And also we have a tiny bathtub. Um, Like I can't, like if I sit in the bathtub, my the water maybe comes up to my belly and that's as high as it goes so not an ideal (laughs) not an ideal tub for laboring but I mean I love the idea of a home birth more power to the women that do it I I dream of that kind of delivery it's just not what's realistic for me and I think that's the most important takeaway when you're trying to decide between hospital versus birthing center versus home birth is you know what kind of labor experience do you want to have and how important is it for you to have that? What are your non-negotiables? What, not that we can ever have truly any non-negotiables in labor because there's so much that's out of our control, but what are your non-negotiables? And then on top of that, just like, what is your vision? What is your ideal birth? If you know right off the bat that you want to go in and you want to have some strong pain management support, Go to the hospital, get your epidural, more power to you. Get that baby out in the way that makes the most sense to you. If you want to have that all natural birthing experience, if you want to be able to go unmedicated and you want to be able to labor on your terms or on baby's terms and you want to be able to, you know, be a little less regulated, then consider getting out of the hospital, consider a birthing center or 
depending on where you're living, find a hospital that is more labor-friendly and more baby-friendly. A hospital that's going to let you labor longer, let you labor on your own terms, not push you to get from one phase to the next, not fight to give you the Pitocin, to, to break your water, to do any of the augmented things that we can do to move labor along, but to really like let your body go through this process that it knows how to go through. And just because hospitals have regulations doesn't mean that your body is on board with that, right? <laughs> you can mm-hmm. talk to your cervix and be like, well, the hospital <laughs> says we need to be at an eight right now. So can you dilate faster? You know? <laughs> but then other people feel more comfortable in that environment where you're super regulated. And you know, not everyone wants to be laboring for 48 hours if that's what ends up happening. So really taking into consideration what you envision and where your priorities lie and where your boundaries lie too. Like what what are you willing and not willing to fight for basically? Mm. And then also keeping in mind that your partner may have a different vision than you. So <laughs> making sure that you have those conversations as well before you make the decision so that you guys at, at the very least are on the same page. Right. And everyone feels comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, not to say that you should ever prioritize your partner's vision over yours. Cause I'm sorry, but they're not the one pushing a baby out of their vagina. So, you know, or they're not the one electing to go in and have their stomach cut open to pull a baby out either way. Right. It's not happening to them. So they're allowed to have thoughts and feelings, but also <laughs> you are the most important thing. And then I guess, well, I guess the, the last thing to take into consideration is if this is not your first birth, were you happy with your last birthing experience? And if you weren't, now is the perfect time to make change. Mm-hmm. And that may or may not be changing your setting or changing your venue. It may be staying in the same place and just choosing a different plan of action or a different course of care or moving from an OB to a midwife within the same hospital system or vice versa, you know, or if you had a birthing center experience that you hated, maybe you find a hospital that makes more sense for you, you know, being able to be flexible and also just really understanding that it, there's no, it's not like hospitals have regulations and also are safer and birthing centers are a little more, you know, like crunchy granola and don't necessarily take care of you in the same way. You know, it's not like there are stereotypes for both, but there are so many things to consider within each location that don't fit the stereotypes. Yep. A hundred percent. And then, you know, we'll talk about this in the next episode, but doctor versus midwife does play a huge role in deciding where you deliver. And you have to figure out which one of those things is more important. Like, Right. How do you, the, which decision do you make first? Yeah, exactly. The chicken or the egg, which came first, right. right? And maybe you don't know, but maybe you, maybe the only way you're going to find out is by exploring all those options, interviewing doctors, interviewing midwives, going to a hospital if you can, or doing the virtual tour or whatever, or finding a person, you know, even just finding a person at a desk that you can call and say, Hey, I have all these questions about your birthing standards. What can we like, you know, when can we schedule a time to for me to just get these questions answered? Mm-hmm. Because that may you may not know if it's more important for you to go with a doctor or a midwife or to go with a hospital or with a birthing center um, or home birth. But just asking those questions is going to help you figure out which is more important to you. And then that will steer you in the right direction. Right. That's a really good point. So next week, we'll talk all about 
doctors versus midwives versus doulas. And hopefully that will give some even further clarity on, or I guess some more thoughts on making this decision. Yeah, it's all food for Which thought. Which is a hard, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. I mean, there there are several options. And it's, especially I think with your first, you just don't even know what to expect. So I think it's just such yeah. a hard decision to make because you don't know what's going to be right in the moment. And I think a lot of this is also a gut check feeling when you are meeting with the hospitals or meeting with the doctors or the birthing centers or wherever, what the vibe is that you're getting and what your gut's telling you that's going to be most important for you and what you want to do. Yeah, and do they listen to you? Well, and the other thing, too, is that, like, God bless the Internet because we have access to so much information that we didn't before mm. the Internet existed. So you can so go true. on, you can you can read reviews now. And also, like, you know, any online review should be taken with a grain of salt, of course. But even being able to just read reviews of what people's birthing experiences were like at X, Y, and Z hospital or at any specific birthing center or what someone's birthing experience was like in a home birth with whatever midwife you know there's so much that you can find on the internet now and like anything else on the internet it should all be taken with probably many grains of salt but you can at least start to get an idea of what feels right and what doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. and and you know just like with anything else there's always going to be even for the best hospital with the best birthing center there's going to be one person that had a terrible experience so like obviously if there's 356 amazing reviews and two terrible reviews you know the terrible reviews are the ones that are so loud yeah they they really are but like don't let that deter you but obviously if like you have great reviews and terrible reviews and it's like 50 50 maybe that is a little bit concerning um and also don't let the internet reviews be the thing that makes your decision for you but it can be really helpful to just read about what other people's experiences were Mm. to see if that maybe fits the mold for you and or Mm -hmm. just as importantly to to be able to read that and go okay this person's idea of a perfect experience is my idea of a terrible experience so maybe (laughs) maybe that doesn't fit my mold definitely and then you know you'll think about five million other things from there and (laughs) eventually and spiral out of control yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah okay well i'm looking forward to the next week's conversation yeah me too part two continuation of this Mm -hmm. doctors versus midwives and that's a fun one because there's basically one kind of obstetrician and a handful of different kinds of midwives and it's very very it's regulated very differently and Um, so it'll be fun to break that down and just talk about the differences between the two or between the two categories, I guess. I can't wait. Yeah. And then we can talk about doulas in, in, um, birthing centers versus in hospitals. Just so much, so much to talk about all the time. I can't wait until next week. All right. Next week it is. 